0: We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit. Uh, Question for you. How do you disciple somebody with emotional health coming into the church? Imagine this. Imagine having a family of five kids, a husband and wife with a broken marriage. Uh, Two of the kids uh, have tried to commit suicide. One has been actually placed into uh, Lower Ridge, which is a place for mental health. Um, And here we come into the church. This is my family. How do you disciple them? And that's not including the stuff I was dealing with. I had no clue what it was to be a father, no clue what it was to be a husband. And I was struggling with my own emotional health, which was through post-traumatic stress disorder, from being in combat. And here we are, and we need discipleship. What do you do as a church? Well, that's what this study is. We were able to... I had the blessing of being able to go to the equip conference here in Divine Texas and teach, I had two sessions. And this will actually be broken up probably into four teachings because they gave us two full hour sessions. And so you'll hear some of my testimony in this. You'll hear some of the things that our church did as I came and our family came into the church. Some of the things that were suggested to us to do, which was biblical counseling for our marriage. And so it's, I hope this helps you if you have your Bible we'll be actually in psalm twenty three and then we'll also be in Joshua chapter one, and so we'll go through this bit by bit piece by piece through the scripture as well so this is a teaching just f y i we will go verse by verse through the the book of Joshua chapter one verses one I think it's chapter one verses one through nine, if I remember right, but I hope that you enjoy this so the beginning of it, again, is me sharing a little bit about my testimony, our family's testimony, and as we're coming into the church, and, and just the reality of what people are dealing with, not only in the church, but also as they become new believers and come into the church, and how does a church disciple within that. And so that's what these teachings are. I hope that you enjoy them. This is the third half of this four-part study. Because when we had our first session, I'm 39 years old. And the first session, my wife goes, when he was 17, I was like, oh, this is going to be, this us not do a lot. She went back to when we were 17. We've known each other since high school. She sat behind me in Wichita Falls, Texas. Her dad and my dad were both Air Force. And I was like, Lord, I was a mess at 17. So this is going to be a while. <laughs> And and can I tell you one of the things that we started doing was just practically applying the word of God in our life. Was it hard? Yes. Were there tears? Yes. Were there moments like, well, why does God do this like this? Yes. But there was somebody to walk us through that. For me, it was Pastor Louis Delgado and many others. And and they would. I I can remember they would let me talk, and then they would say, "Well, look, Mike, let's go to the Word of God and see what God's Word says." No, I want to keep talking. I want to be in my feelings. No, we got it. It's time to get to the Word of God. It's it's understanding. Like, and you have to understand. I was going through when I when I came back from Iraq, I couldn't understand. I can still remember walking to the mall in Louisville. We were stationed in Fort Knox, Kentucky. And I think it was a Saturday after I got back on Friday or something like that. And everybody was just going on with their lives. And I couldn't understand it. My wife tried to wake me up. almost choked her. I, I, I was on the 50-cal mount. You know, it's, it was crazy. And this is just the Lord is is, though my the driver that I had reached out to me this past week, and I haven't talked to Lavelle in over 30 years. He has MS. All of us are sick. And I told him, he asked me, how are you doing? I said, I'm all right, man. I, I, they diagnosed me with porphyria, which is what the Vietnam vets have. That's what happens when you get exposed to chemical. They said, why I don't trust my government that much. <laughs> I'm very hesitant when they ask me to do things. And so what happens with my body is my blood will actually, when it gets through my liver, it pushes too much oxygen through. And, and it, it's, it's painful, but that's just one of the things. The original thing that they found out I had was autoimmune disease called Sjogren's. And so I wake up in pain and I go to bed in pain. I deal with it all the time. And I was struggling with that as I was coming back from the war. And then we got stationed in Hawaii. And I'm going to tell you this, and I'm not going to sit here and try to glorify the sin that I was in, but I was a very sinful man in Hawaii. Suicidal. And many times, coming down the mountains, driving over 90 miles an hour, ready to go off the side at any moment, because I was done. See, in the Army at that time, there was no PTSD. We were told when we out-processed in Egypt, if you want to go home tonight, you can go home tonight. If you want to talk to the psychologist or the psychiatrist, you'll be here another three to four days or however. How many days they want to hold you? What do you want to do? Everybody went home. Then when we got home, what did they tell us to do? Put that stuff away. Tuck it away. And let me tell you something. You can't tuck it away. And, and could I tell you something else? Location doesn't change it. We looked from Hawaii to San Antonio to Georgia, to San Antonio, back to Georgia, and every time it followed me. And every time I thought I had a handle on it, it came come back up until I got to a point in 2008 when my wife was like, that's it. You need help. So I went to the VA, and the first thing the VA wanted to do was medicate me. And so I, my, my thought was, is like, I, I told him, I said, let me just talk to somebody first and then we can, we can look at whatever y'all think we need to do. Now in 2008, the same time I'm talking to the VA guy, I started going to church. And then by 2009, things started changing. And the therapist at the VA was like, what's going on? And I told him I'm going to church. I gave my life to Christ. And over the next six months, he's like, well, Mike, you don't need this anymore. You're good. And I can tell you, it had nothing to do with that therapist. It was God. It was God. And so when Lavelle, we talked, and I just told him, I was like, and, and you know, the, the moment the conversation comes to a hold, it's like, hey, what do you do? I'm a pastor. And he said something that I said many years ago, which is if I walked into the church, the church would fall down upon me. And I said, Lavelle, I said the same thing. The exact same thing. We were very simple people. And and I had a guy that was trying to to preach the gospel to me while we were in Iraq, but he did it by beating us over the head over and over and over to the point where I pulled a gun on him and put it to his head and said, if you say another word, I will kill you. And it was Lavelle and Kelsey Moore that pulled me off of him because in my mind i couldn't understand how a god who says do not murder and here i'm on a 50 cal mount getting ready to do the same thing he's telling me not to do that's what i was processing through my head but that kid cared more about my faith and more more about my soul than i did and i asked labelle you don't have you ever heard from him because i want to tell him thank you and i'm sorry we saw things we shouldn't have seen. You want to see the worst out of men go to war. That's true. You don't understand what it's like when you're, when you're at a gas station and you smell diesel fuel and the gas station's no longer there and you're looking at the desert. Or you hear something. Those are things that people will go through, but you have to understand that people who go through sexual abuse or physical abuse... Or loneliness or anxiety, they're all dealing with the same stuff. It's 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 just different. Yes, it's different afflictions. And as a church, how do we how do we disciple? How do we how do we reach them? How do we walk with them? That's where it gets difficult. When I read that and I, I think about that psalm and and I think about how. One of the beauties is, is when you look at Psalm 23, David was a shepherd. If you ever want to get a good book, it's W. Philip Keller. Most of y'all probably know that a shepherd looks at Psalm 23. David Philip Keller was actually a shepherd before he became a pastor. As a young man, he had sheep and a shepherd and he had, he would take them down into the valley and take them up to the table to eat on the other side. But he says in the book, one of the things that the shepherd does is he actually walks the path before you ever go down the path of that affliction. He's already walked it. He already knows where the thieves are. He already knows where the predators are. He already knows where you could drown because the water's too high. He's done all that because he's your shepherd. And and it's important for us to know that he is with us. That he walks with us. So even as you're walking with somebody through that discipleship, he's with you. Turn to Joshua chapter (laughs) 1. Joshua chapter 1. I can tell you, out of those five kids, all five of them have come to faith. All kinds. Do we have ups and downs as parents? You have ups and downs as parents. Can I tell you what it's like to have five kids? (laughs) It's like surfing. You get all five on the boards, and eventually one of them's crashing. You have to help that one back up and get them surfing again. That's basically that. And I can tell you, that from, and this is very important, some of y'all have met Matthew, my, my youngest. The five-year-old is doing much better than the ones that were 14, 15, 16, and, or 13, 14, 15, and 17. His foundation's a lot stronger because he grew up in the church. He grew up being disciple. Matter of fact, one of his teachers, Miss Diane, is right here. So, you know, my son was telling me the other day, he, he remembers. And What grade did y'all do Revelation? Imagine that. <laughs> a, chi- a children's church teaching Revelation. <laughs> my son said he came home, had nightmares all the way. <laughs> oh, Lord, what are y'all doing? <laughs> what did y'all Nicholas 30. Third grade. Third grade, learning the book of Revelation, verse by verse. That's important. Kids aren't there just to to be daycare. They're there to learn the word of God, word of God. And so that's important. But they're all doing good. I mean, but the one that has that foundation a little longer, he's man, he's gonna be he's gonna be fire. Like when he finally steps into what God has given him. And he taught on Wednesday night. And I'm like, man, that kid can teach, teach. He's better than his pops. And that's good. But Joshua chapter one says this, after the death of the servant of the Lord, said Joshua to the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. So what we're looking at is we're looking at Joshua has lost his mentor, the person that discipled him. And God is speaking to him and, and, and going to encourage him. And, and I, I love that because it really ties into Psalm 23, verse 4. He will not, this, this verse, he will not leave you or forsake you. That's one thing you have to believe. If you're going to disciple somebody, it's like, man, the Lord will never leave you or forsake you. And it says, and Moses is my servant and says, now, therefore arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land that I have given them to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, towards the, towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. So what we see is that when we look at the Bible, one of the, the big things that you have in the Bible is you have people like Elijah. Elijah was like, "Lord, take me," in First Kings, like he was done. But you don't know, realize what he did. He went to God. He went to God. You have Joshua here who lost his midborne, and he has to lead He has to lead two million young Jewish nation of Israel. Because the old generation died. Can you imagine a bunch of young adults, two million of them? You got to lead them. So imagine if you had two million generation Z, you have to lead them. You're the church. That's what you've been called to do. That's what we're supposed to do. And he, the first thing he tells Joshua is, I'm, I will not leave you or forsake you. And we need to hang on to that. I'm going to read the rest of this, and then we'll get into this when y'all get back. I'm going to give y'all y'all's break, because y'all got that coming up. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause the people to inherit the land I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If you had a highlighter, if you had your pen, you would undermine. How many times does he tell you to be strong and courageous? And the world that you're in right now, as a follower of Christ, you need to hear that today. Be strong and courageous. He has not left you. He has not forsaken you. I, I truly believe, and, and we have to, do, to, to get this, is that there is we are on the, the edge of seeing a revival, madam. But the church has to be revived. And if we get back to those basic things that we talked about, the Word of God. The koinia, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and, and prayer. Yeah. And then next comes the, sterile, the great spiritual way. <laughs> we have to turn from our sins as a nation. Now, you may go, I'm, I, didn't send, I didn't do none of this stuff. But we need to, we need to ask the Lord, God, to forgive us. Look at Nehemiah. Nehemiah repented. First chapter of Nehemiah, the first thing he does is repent for the nation of Israel. It's important for us to understand that. We, as, a, as a church, we have to get back to the basis of discipleship, which is those four things. And I'm going to spend a little bit of time when we come back to go over the main thing, which is the Word of God. Because when you're, when you're discipling somebody, I'm going to be honest with you, you're gonna, there's going to be time to start right. your heart. When you see a family that's hurting, when you see or hear what's going on, with a family member, or they're struggling with addiction or something. Did, how many of y'all knew about the little girl in uh, Lockhart? Little well, girl in Lockhart, Texas. Christophe called me in with. He's a pastor in Lockhart. And the little girl went from, she was at high school. She had her lunch break, and she needed to get something from the house. She never made it back to school. She was hit head, head-on. She died that day. Can you imagine having the two wife with that family right now? But that's what the church is supposed to do, right? That's what the church is supposed to do. We, This is what we were called to do. Like for me, being in the army, that's an easy thing to go serve. Like for me now, I'm in the army of God. And within that, I'm like, Lord, put my hands to the plow, Let me go forward. Let me do my thing. Like what, what did Dr. Spidey say? He said, have the one thing, right? He said, you need to focus on the one thing. And the main thing is Jesus Christ. That should be your, your focus. What happens is we, we get busy <coughs> with stuff that has nothing, nothing to do with what the mission is that so we've been going living. and then we, we complicate it. You know, people will tell me, Well, you, you need to do a discipleship class. Why? Like, you want to do an eight week, let's go through a book of discipleship. They have books on it, and they have, man, there's books that you could fill this whole room with on discipleship. You have the discipleship book. It's this. That's all you need is the word of God. Do what Jesus did. Bring that person alongside of you and live life with that person. That's discipleship. It's that simple, but we overcomplicate it. Let me teach you an 18-week course. You just come walk walk life with me. Your pastor needs that. I can tell you your pastors need that. I can't imagine having this many people. We're in a little church, and I'm like, man, I don't know how Dan does it. He does it with men and women that are willing to do what God has called them. It's so the only way the church functions. You walk life alongside the people that come through those doors. They need to be, man, I tell you what, we're 245. Y'all go take a break. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all get some water. And, and and if you don't come back, I won't get the I love y'all. Okay, so, so I know there's other sessions going on, but I'm not getting into the Word of God as, as as we get into it. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun Salt and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible tune in radio pretty much wherever you can find a podcast uh you you can just type in sun salt and light and you'll find it